The Outside Lands Music and Arts Festival is one of the most anticipated festivals in the country. Taking place in beautiful San Francisco, California, the Outside Lands team consistently bring the best acts together for one of the most exciting gatherings of the summer. So, how does a band get to a point where they're playing in front of tens of thousands of people in a park in San Francisco? Well, they hit the road and they carve out their reputation gig after gig. Outside Lands Radio and TuneIn, in collaboration with Gildan, will embark on that journey this summer. In this five-episode podcast series, we'll go beyond the music and out onto the road to find out what these road warriors do to stay human, sane, and comfortable on the road. This is The Road to Outside Lands. Last time on The Road to Outside Lands, we hung out with Dawes in their dressing room and chatted a bit about how they prepare for a performance. If you've not heard previous episodes, go back and check them out. They're on the station page. Just a friendly disclaimer, this podcast features adult language and topics. Episode 5. Space travel is just like touring. In this episode, we travel through space and time with the guys as they leave Brooklyn and head toward Port Chester, New York. We'll take a deep dive into how the band lives life on the road. That's true. Yeah, no pun intended, huh? The guys are just about to leave New York and head on to the next gig. We catch them outside for a quick chat. Do you guys remember the evolution from the van to the bus, the first time making the move up to the bus? Um, yeah, the first time we were we got on a bus was 2011. Um, uh, we had, so our first record came out in 2009. It feels, like we were talking about the other day, it feels even, it feels like there was just as much, if not more, time in the van than there was in the bus, but it turns out it was only two years in the van, and then now six in the, in the bus, um, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, when we first got on there, I think it was so exciting because the, the van was kind of harsh to wake up that early every day. It was so exciting, but more than that, it was just scary because it was like, how, do, how are we going to maintain this? Like, we just felt like we were one tour away from having to, like, downgrade back to a van again. But fortunately, it didn't happen. At least not yet. Bus driver. What's the bus driver's name on this trip? Sam. 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 Yeah, but he's great. He's great. Yeah. Slowest driver yeah. we've had, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't suck. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. The head, they, they, he was just out with the Head and the Heart, and we played a festival with them a couple days ago, and they recognized the bus, and they saw Sam, and they were really bummed. They are like, oh, man, we, we wish we still had Sam. You guys got Sam. Yeah. I said tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> we got him now. Yeah. Lay off. <laughs> uh, all right, jump on the bus, long drive ahead. Who chooses the first record that gets played in the front lounge? Ooh. I think the DJ... The DJing happens more during the day. And it's usually the Grateful Dead because it's Jerry G's speaker. Yeah, Jerry and he chooses only listens the to the dead. Got it, got it. Jerry, tour manager, is a de facto DJ. Yep. Yeah, whatever right. he's into. Mostly Grateful Dead. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes he gets, like, last year he got on a really long Neil Young kick. Yeah. Uh, there was he, a Courtney Barnett yep. phase yeah. that he went through. Yeah. There's some other, it's always something or other. Moreland. Moreland, John Moreland, he couldn't stop listening to that. I can't stop listening to that record. I wrote out two specific questions about that record for you guys. Oh, wow. I can't stop listening. We say our goodbyes as the guys head down the road to their next gig. But love is not an answer. 
That's Love Is Not An Answer by John Moreland off his amazing new record, Big Bad Love, that me and the guys were talking about. Let's go back to our conversation we had with them about living life on the road. All right, so you guys have done this for a long time. You've traveled a lot. Is it still exciting to gear up to leave town for a tour? Do you get excited about it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like, when we're finished with the tour, I'm always like excited to get home and take it easy, but it only takes like one day for me to miss it. Yeah, a two-week break feels like forever yeah. to be home and not be touring. Uh, all right, so post-Simon Dawes and when Dawes became Dawes, what are your recollections of the very first tours that you went on? Not one-off dates to San Francisco, but like a dedicated tour. Was that on North Hills? And what are your yeah. recollections about that? It was, we weird. Getting, it was opening for Delta Spirit. We couldn't pay 50 bucks a night. Yeah. I remember that. And yeah, that was as much as they could afford. And their agent and their manager told them, do not bring a first of three. Your, these rooms are too small to do three acts. But Delta Spirit were so sweet and um, insistent upon having us out. So they were like, we're bringing them. And so they paid us 50 bucks. At first, because we had jobs at, in LA and stuff, we were really seriously considering telling them we couldn't do half of it because we just we knew we weren't going to make any money. And, right. and, and we were nervous about being able to pay our rent. Uh, thankfully, the literal we day job fought. We, yeah. like, right. we moved everything out of the house we were all living in and like literally got in the van. From the house to the first and went on tour. We decided to do the whole thing, which thankfully we did. And, and yeah. we, we, we left from, it was like a real symbolic moment. It was like, that's the last time we'll be seeing this house. And now we're, gonna, now we're on tour. Yeah, we didn't get one hotel yeah. the whole tour. Yeah, and we, slept, we either slept on their floor of Delta Spirit mm -hmm. or some nights on the, on the, yeah. on the mic, I would yeah, just and ask. somehow we came home slowly. with like yeah. $1,000. We yeah, killed well, it. Yeah, it, was, it was impossible. It was, yeah. The economy was so crashed scary. and the ga gas was like a dollar. Yeah, it was 2008 right. or 2009. Oh, 2000, so, right. so, so, and we would make the majority 60. of our money slinging records outside of the venue after the show. Yeah, I would man down the merch booth and Griffin yeah. would go to the front door and sell an extra like 10 or 15 CDs out there. And that was how we were living. And yeah, that was the gas money. Sleeping at strangers. Yeah, yeah weird houses. places on we weird had floors. <laughs> we didn't have a business manager, so why they would just take any money that we made and like put it directly in. in yeah, either had like a block of cash or I just like, when it got too big, I'd be like, go to the bank, be like, can you put this in my account? <laughs> So you got screwed on taxes for that year. Well, you picked the right band member if you came yeah. home with a thousand bucks on it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Well, I like that story too, as a Delta Spirit fan, and hearing the stories, exaggerated or not, about Matt starting as you know busking in down in Long Beach, right? And that, that's where he started. He was busking on the street, turned into Delta Spirit, turns around, and then brings you guys out. Like, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, they were good to us. The Middle Brother record, obviously, being a big moment, I think, for your guys' career, not because of the alignment with Deer Tick and Delta Spirit, but just as the the songwriting and the band and the camaraderie and the community, that, yeah. that seemed like a big moment. It, I would imagine that may not have happened if you didn't make the choice to go out on the entire first tour with Delta Spirit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it was the first few tours, it was Delta Spirit, um, uh, ben, Lee. ben Lee for a few dates, Deer. and oh, then wow. Deer Tick was the third tour. And um, uh, Langhorn, they, yeah, there's some Langhorn Slim dates in there too. But, but on the tour with Delta Spirit, I'm sorry, with Deer Tick, John had said, like, let's make a record together. And I thought that that was just him talking. I didn't think it was actually going to amount to anything. But then, sure enough, it happened. And then, and then while we were already in Nashville, um, Matt asked me what I was doing. Like, uh, and I told John, I was like, oh, the guy from Delta Spirit's not up to anything. And so that was very last minute, having Matt being involved. Um, and Griffin showed up for the second two weeks, right when we started recording. 
vocally, what an amazing, I mean, the record's amazing from a writing perspective and a great sounding record, but vocally, just, <laughs> just so cool. It's, I mean, between your guys' harmonies already. Uh, what's the first thing you do when you get to the hotel room? Um, Order more towels. We actually, we're not, we're not, um, because we're, we're not this huge band that just gets hotel rooms for everybody. We just, we get like three day rooms. Sure. So there's, there's kind of like funny, um, like day room politics. Like you don't want to be the guy that goes in the room and posts up for the whole day. Like sure, if you need two hours to like be not be around anyone else and watch some TV or whatever it is, like that, that it's all yours. But when guys just like take over and post up for the day, there's always a little bit of like, well, it's not it's not that you can't do it, but you're not supposed to. You're supposed to kind of get in and get out for the next guy. It's kind of a day room politics. Unsaid, but Oh, but understood. This is news to me. <laughs> in the States, what are some of your favorite cities as far as being on tour? What are the New Orleans? New Orleans? I have, I love that city. Such a good time. Yeah, yeah, we're there. We have a good time in Minneapolis always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might be biased, but I'd have to say Chicago. Seattle. Too. Chicago? Yeah. Oh, Seattle. Seattle for sure. It's rad. Yeah. Portland and, and going back it. Trevor going back to Chicago what's your favorite venue to play now that you're going back with a new band when, when we played the Riviera that was pretty special because, that's pretty special uh, I think I, my parents took me to go see a concert uh, when I was like two or three there so uh, what show was it it was actually my my dad had like a really strange weird Love cover it. band and he he was performing there I think which I don't I don't remember what kind of covers uh, it would it would be Captain like Beefheart. It would be like strange Frank Zappa cool ish <laughs> covers, but right, like right. parody lyrics and stuff. It was he was a, he was a weird dude. Yeah, sounds I like he was probably a lot of places in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, randomly Alabama is one of that's my favorites. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> I like Florida. We never really go there, but that's even weirder. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any towns that you've got, you look forward to having a day off in that you're allowed to actually just go be a tourist for a minute? It's funny, days off, uh, at least for me, I'm usually so exhausted after playing two, three shows, three hours a night or whatever, that I'll just, all I want to do is like, go from the bus to the hotel. Yeah, we've watched and, a lot of movies. Yeah, and, and no matter how much you try to experience a city in like the three hours that you have off, you aren't gonna come close. Like, like, like you know, I just mentioned Atlanta. Like, I, I thought I had some sense of it um, after we played there, you know, 15 times or whatever, at least it feels that way. And and yet, until I'd spent a full week there, um, I I didn't know it at all. And and I and I thought I had. So I, and also, like Griff said, like we have to, you know, we play these three-hour shows, and we and we and sometimes we're out for pen. four weeks, and it's like the days off are devoted towards kind of recovery and maintenance. Just. We somehow end up on on a lake. It seems like at least once a tour, we have a day off on a lake, and it's incredible. That's cool. Yeah, yeah a, a Tusa still rocks yeah, her I'd Rather Be Fishing With Dawes t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> After the break, we talk to the guys about what they do to pass the time and space travel. You're listening to the Road to Outside Lands podcast series. We're out on the road with Mondo, Cosmo, and Dawes this summer, learning how they focus on the basics to stay comfortable on tour. This podcast is made possible by Gildan. Just like Dawes fans, Gildan is passionate about music and staying comfortable. Upgrade your basics today at gildan.com. 
How do you guys pass the time on the long stretches? Is it books? Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah, tons of things, but yeah. lots of reading and listening to music. Yeah, I, I'll read whatever. So I, it, I have noticed that sometimes, like being on tour, is a better time to read certain books. Like when I wanted to break into two six six six, which is like nine hundred and eighty pages or mm-hmm. something. That was. Uh, I feel like that would have been a little tougher at home, where it's just. There's so much downtime on tours. As, as much work as it is, there's just always at least three or four hours where you have to figure out, like, how am I going to kill this? Right. And that's not always the case at home. So um, it's actually more willing to take on the bigger books um, on tour, funny enough. Uh, what have you guys been listening to on the bus? What's been getting spins? Seems like it's going to be a really great summer for that. What, new Fleet Foxes, the John Moreland record we were talking about, a bunch of great new records out. What are you guys listening um, to? We were checking out the Laura Marling record the other day. Yeah. Which I, I dig a lot, but I think it's it's just different for all of us, and it's constantly changing. I've been getting into that first Crowded House record. I never, I never dug in with them, and, mm-hmm. and it's so good. Woodface is a masterpiece. Yeah. Chad Blake and Mitchell Froome made that record. Oh, that's right. why it sounds so goddamn yeah, that's good. The, 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 and like Neil favorite. Finn is a yeah. badass. I heard you do that at Soundcheck yesterday. I was like, yeah, yeah Taylor's a Neil Finn fan. Yeah. I'll even listen to his new records. Like he'll put out, he put out a single, like one single. He knows he doesn't have to put out records anymore. Right, he put right. out a single like six months ago. Fucking amazing it's song. It's cool when guys like have that kind of like because some people burn so bright early mm-hmm. on, and then mm-hmm. you listen back, and it, that 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 gift, I don't know, just doesn't seem to be functioning in that same way. But certain guys, like any new Westerberg, or, or and I feel like Neil yeah. Finn is like this, where yeah. it's just that ability to like dig right back in never goes away yeah and reinventing themselves too this yeah. is like a real crazy sonic record that he put out paul weller as well i like always anything paul weller oh, speaking do. of chad blake and mitchell Froome, uh, i just got those latin playboy i just got into those two latin playboys records. beautiful sounding yeah, record incredible. yeah yeah kiko and the lavender moon yeah, just, that, that was that, a big tour Lowe's record incredible, yeah <laughs> Yeah, Taylor, one of my, and, and Griffin, the whole band actually, one of my top 10 favorite Dawes songs is My Way Back Home. A ballerina in Phoenix The pines up north The sunrise from a highway that was not there before If I can place it all together Make out the nature of the call I start to feel the love and the silence That was always at the it all and in my constant quest for truth I am condemned to facts alone and when my dreams are lead me nowhere I won't forget my way back home It's 
nostalgic and it's sentimental and it feels like this kind of relief and the celebration of going back home. Was it about touring? And was it really about going home or was it something else you were searching for? Um, it really was about that. I, I remember when we were we played at the Echoes venue in LA and some dude I didn't know, we were about to leave on tour. It was like a show that was kind of a kickoff of a tour. I forget which tour, but it was really early on. It was, it was um, before Nothing Is Wrong was written, obviously. Um, and and he, this guy came up to me and was like, man, that was a great show. Like, you know, have a great tour. Don't forget way back home. And I guess that's like an idiom mm. or something, but I never heard it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, well, that's a, that's a never sweet that. thing to yeah, say. Yeah, like I have writers. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have any writers. Um, but yeah, he, 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 it was like a nice way of sending us off. Um, and and, I, and it, it stuck with me. And so, so it was actually very literally inspired about a conversation about tour and coming back home. Um, and, and, the, the, and then I, it was also, I was watching that movie Solaris a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's like, there's a couple lines in there that are kind of directly influenced mm. from Solaris, which is not necessarily about going home, but sort of. Space travel <laughs> yeah. and touring, yeah. very similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's about early onset uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm bad at direction. Yeah. That's all it's about. Yeah. <laughs> and does that uh, give you more energy for staying open to writing while you're on the road? And how much writing do you guys do on the road? Do you do Taylor on um, the road? I'm. I've been more open to it in the past. This this these last few records, and then this next this newest batch of songs more has come from tour than ever before. Like songs like Somewhere Along the Way was written on tour when we were out with Connor Oberst. I think watching him sing every night was just Amazing goddamn enough. song. Um, and then uh, Quitter was written on tour. Um, it was in, we were in Europe. Um, but yeah, so anyway, before, I think it was that kind of thing where I would, I, I would tell myself I couldn't do it. And that, that therefore became the reality. Um, but once I stopped like telling myself that's who I was and that's that's how I worked then all of a sudden it became possible um so that's that's something that I try to tell myself more is that I I ride on the road I ride on the road um and and by doing that it it, it ends up happening uh, what's the best piece of advice about being on the road that you've gotten from another band Ooh, I refuse to listen to any nonsense that any other band has to tell me <laughs> um, one thing that particularly about touring <laughs> yeah when I was out with, uh, I played bass in Oregon for a two-week run with Jackson Brown, and um, I noticed that in order to save his voice, he would stay up. Like, we'd play the show, we'd finish around 11, and then we would take off. The crew bus would stay to load out, and the band bus would take off. And he would stay up in the front lounge, re either reading or, you know, watching something on his computer or whatever he'd be doing, um, while everyone else would kind of go to sleep. And then we'd pull up to our hotel rooms around 5 or 6 a.m., and then he would go to sleep then, and he would sleep until soundcheck around three, so that he was showing up at soundcheck without having used his voice at all. Um, so then he would soundcheck, eat, and then we would play the show. So he'd found a way to kind of never use a voice by, never use his voice by staying up later than everyone and then sleeping later than everyone. Sure. So I've tried, I've, I've sort of dabbled with that. I've heard the same thing with that Bruce Springsteen does the same thing, that he, he's flipped his schedule so that, so that, um, Soundcheck is like first thing in the morning for him, um, and I've 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 started sleeping about till like one or so if I can. I, it's great to sleep till like two so that 
so that I haven't spoken at all. Because sure. otherwise, it's very easy for me to be excitable and talkative. And if I'm, if I'm up at 10.30, I'm just going to want to hang out and talk all day. So by the time soundcheck rolls around, I'm a little more worn out. And also, like the, Dave Rawlings had told us, like you don't want like the last bar- part of your show to be perceived in your head as the last thing you're doing that day. Like, oh, once I do this, I'm 20 minutes away from going to bed. Because then, then it sort of just feels like this last, like, slug it out kind of moment. Whereas if if your 11 o'clock is everyone else's 6 o'clock, then you're still just in the beginning of your evening. Um, and you're, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm an hour away from being asleep. So I feel like it's been good to retrain myself to not look at the show as something that happens at the end of the night, but rather something that happens in a way in the middle of the day. Uh, moving ahead a couple of records, Taylor, when you talk about your friends not knowing you without a suitcase in your hand, was that literal or was that about being emotionally available? Was it about traveling? Was it about um, your life it was that, in this it, you band? Know, definitely both. Like um, the idea, like that was also, you know, written, it was right after Middle Brother was written, I think. Yeah, it was written for Middle Brother. I had, oh, wow. the, I had the first verse, and then we, I wrote, I, I, yeah, the, that Time Spent in Los Angeles was recorded in Nashville for Middle Brother, and then we listened close, and we're just like, you know, like, as much as we love Middle Brother, yeah. um, it's only going to get one tour, and this is a song we want to play sure. potentially every night. So, um, what a great problem to have. And, and it was funny, <laughs> because Matt and John couldn't have understood better like of course it makes total sense right but the labels and everyone else involved were like no like you can't take this song off the record like it's got to be a middle brother song because you wrote it for middle brother there's john doing a cool second harmony and stuff it's a cool recording oh, i, I want to hear that yeah but yeah like the first verse was written at home and the chorus i think might have been written at home but the the last two verses were written once we were in nashville but that was one of those lines where i was um couldn't sleep and i was just laying laying up and and i just thought like my friends these days my friends will seem to know me without my suitcase in my hand i'm like oh that's a good that's a good way to kick off a song and i don't I, and i think i was sitting on that for a second then i started developing this um you got that special kind of sadness tragic set of charms time spent in los angeles thing and and then i finally like married the two I was like oh this is about the same thing about me identifying with with los angeles and with all that entails but also me sort of never really being there anymore and feeling like this sort of ambassador of this of this zone sure and when you're at home and you're thinking about it what do you miss is it is it the highs is it the shows is it the fans is it your friends for me yeah Yeah. shows number one but also like i miss i miss like this this crew like even just the idea of like waiting around at our terminal for our plane and like you know the jokes that will be cracked, and just the, right. the catching up with each other on what we've been doing. It's like I, I really do. Look it makes to the airports fun. Yeah, <laughs> say it a lot. That's yeah. <laughs> no one thought that was possible. Yeah. Uh, what's the hardest thing about being on tour? Missing your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, like the older we get, the more of like a semblance of a normal life we create with homes and mm-hmm. families and. And um, you know, when we were 22, it was easy to just be on the road and not really. It, I, I, every time I would go home back in those days, I would be living somewhere else. Like a friend would put me up for three months here or there. Wow. Um, so there wasn't anything to go back to except just LA in general. But now it's it's a lot harder. Even just like my pets and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's my like dog. <laughs> <laughs> so that so so yeah, homesickness is the hardest thing. Um, favorite festivals, the city, the experience, the 
Well, Newport is obviously a, feels like a home to us. They've, they've treated us so well, and it also it engenders the kind of fan that I feel like would respond most to the kind of music that we make. It's always really fun playing at like outside lands or like Bonnaroo and other festivals. Yeah, I want to go back to Sasquatch. We played. Yeah. It was the first. It's ending. Really? We yeah. went here. We yeah. played it once. Rumors like, start here. We're <laughs> here first from Wanda Gilbert. It's over. <laughs> we were the first band on the first day, like set on our first tour, and we have never been back. But it was so incredible. Live on the green too. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that was an incredible like, show. We felt like rock stars. Yeah. It was like twenty thousand people. We were the last band of the night. It made no sense, but we were it so made perfect stoked. sense. Yeah. <laughs> favorite thing about playing a festival, and least favorite thing about playing big festivals. It's it's hard sometimes when you're only playing like you're supposed to give this best version of yourself for a lot of people that might have never heard of you mm. and um and sometimes you only get like 45 minutes or an hour and now we're we've we've been spoiled and we're used to playing for about three mm. and so now we we like to really take our time and really getting across what we're all about and so to have to figure out a way to put that in one hour it sometimes feels like we've just gotten warmed up um by the time we're walking off stage the hang between bands is probably my favorite part you see a lot of friends in other bands. and It's like summer camp. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you guys very much. Um, we will see you at Outside Lands. Yeah. Are you guys looking forward to Outside Lands? Hell yeah. So much. Cool. So. Are Absolutely. you going to take the bus up there? Are you guys flying in? Is it part uh, of a run right now? I think, we get, I think it's a one-off. I think we'll probably just rip up there. Hopefully yeah. in a, not in a van. <laughs> in Griffin's minivan? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I hope. I don't what, Are we playing Outside Lands? Oh, yeah. Really. Uh, when, when is it? It's in August. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Road to Outside Lands, a five-part limited podcast series built in collaboration with Gildan. Keep comfortable and upgrade your basics today at gildan.com. A huge thank you to Dawes, the band, management, and crew for allowing us to tag along for two days on tour. And from past episodes, a big shout-out to Mondo Cosmo and team for hanging out with us at the Firefly Music Festival. Outside Lands is just days away. Keep it locked on Outside Lands Radio for great music from festival artists past and present. And be sure to join us August 11th through 13th for TuneIn's live stream coverage from Golden Gate Park. This podcast is produced by Jenner Pasqua, edited and mixed by Kevin Karegian. Special thanks to our production crew, Abby Barrent, Jeremy Lavoie, and Andrew Broadhead. The sound recordist for the Dawes episodes was Marcello Lessa. The series is executive produced and hosted for TuneIn by me, Charles Raggio. Thank you for listening, and we will see you down the road. Quit living in the past if all you end up doing is practicing apologies you won't make.